You are listening to Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. This is episode 124 and I'm your host, Miguel. The topic for the podcast today is the carbon tax hoax because that's exactly what it is. It's been, they're trying to sell it to us as far as it benefiting mankind. And if we don't do something right now, right away, we only have, the clock is ticking and we have five weeks or five years, whatever it is before everyone dies. They've been saying this for the longest. Now, I wanna make my point very clear. There's two separate distinctions between pollution that's happening on the planet and climate change. At first it was called global warming, but being that it wasn't really that the globe was warming, they, they, they call it now climate change. I know that there's some melting going at the polar ice caps, but some of the winters that we have had been the most severe winters. So the planet does go through its phases, sunspots and such. I know going back, I think to the mid 1800s, there was a, a, a heat wave that lasted like three years and it was temperatures pretty much commensurate to what we're having now. Back in the days of the Roman Empire, there were, you know, all types of different phases as far as the earth heating up and cooling off, you know. I'm not saying that the carbon that's being pumped into the environment is a good thing or helpful, but there's levels and degrees to this that we have to look at. And one of the things that really makes me scratch my head, and I've been scratching my head from the beginning, is that all of the money, and this is Al Gore and his his gang, and you're going to notice in the video when, when, he, when Dr. Shivam mentions who's going to benefit from this money. He says Al Gore, and it kind of gets kind of edited out or kind of bleeped out. But the name he says is Al Gore and his whole crew. Bono from you, you what is that? You, whatever that group is. You 2 I think it's called. Um, when I look at this whole carbon tax thing, the money is getting funneled into the IPCC, the Intergovernance Panel on Climate Change. And what are they going to do? Reduce the carbon in the air? They're not going to do anything. They're talking about carbon credits. It gets a little bit involved, but they're basically doing the three-card Monty. I see this exactly as being the fiat currency that we have right now with the Federal Reserve Bank, where they issue money um, out of thin air. The reason I'm saying is because the Fed does no work at all and if you haven't heard my other podcast, so if you're not aware of this, the Fed does no work at all, but yet they loan money into existence that they create and then collect the interest on that, the interest payments on that. So basically, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a hoax. It's a scam. And this, this carbon tax thing is going to be the same thing because this entity, the IPCC, International Governance intergovernmental panel on climate change all of the money is going to go to them to buy these carbon credits and they're going to be traded uh, on the stock market and you know there's going to be derivatives coming off of this but they're not going to they're not going to do anything with it as far as helping the the, the uh, carbon in the air or pollution or anything like that it's so why are we giving them the money you know it makes no sense they're doing no work but yet they're going to collect oil and we're talking trillions of dollars trillions as is going to be outlined so i am not a pro trump guy or anti trump or anything like that because i really don't like any politicians they all lie and they all want to get reelected there are a few things that i like about trump as far as him being pro business and and not joining 
this IPCC because they were asking America to donate $100 billion into this. And as a side note, he's going to say it in the uh, video, but the biggest carbon producers are China and India. And they're not paying anything into it. So I don't understand. I really, this is all a, a shell game, you know, where they have three shells and you got to find out where it is because it's nothing but word. In my book, it's word salads, right? One, two, whenever you get into anything that's international, anything, governance, international, that's what everything is leaning towards right now. As far as a, I'm telling you, a one world government, Okay. This international uh, inter, inter intergovernmental panel on climate change is UN slash you know the elite bankers just taking more control and taking more money out of our pockets while while they're rescuing us. Now they put this girl Greta, I think she's from Sweden. And what I see they're doing right now is they're taking these kids, and you're going to hear that on the clip by Computing Forever. They have these young kids coming up that are 12, 14, 16 years old, and they're railing out there saying, you're taking away my future. You, you know, I have no future and all this and such like that. But what that is is a very slick, veiled way because if they're yelling this out, first of all, immediately you're going to feel bad for them and you're going to want to open up your wallet and pay this tax. But they're doing it as a diversion so that you don't really see the truth behind it. You just see... And you notice they never come up with any real scientific evidence. I was listening to that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's that scientific dude. I think he's a physicist. And he was getting into it, how he doesn't, you know, how this is pretty much a hoax and there's nothing really supporting this uh, carbon tax thing. Again, yeah, we're pumping, we're pumping, we are polluting, you know, we're pumping a lot. And, I, and I'm not in favor of any of this. We're pumping it in. But again, I don't see how this money being paid out is going to help anything in the situation. It's a, okay, it's a penalty. So you need a credit from this international entity. What are they going to do with the money? Are they going to clean up the carbon? No. They're just going to issue credits and it's a, it's a whole, you know, and then they're saying that it's going to persuade people from not burning as much carbon, um, which means we're going to lose jobs on this end because we're observing, but in other countries, they're not observing and they're just burning away. It's going to just, it's going to really hurt countries that comply with it. Um, if they came to me and said, hey, we're going to build this um, widget or this big machine that's going to you know, soak in this carbon and reprocess it as CO2 or whatever, whatever, oxygen or whatever, I, you know, and it made sense and we saw it and it was viable, I'd be the first guy behind it, but they have no solution. All they want to do, this is a tax that they're putting on us. Just like when Obama said, you can keep your own insurance company or there's going to be single pair, all of these different things that they lied to us that, you know, the, the uh, Medical, you know, if you're happy with your doctor, you can keep him. All lies, and everybody's seen what's happened with our uh, medical coverage, you know, expenses and everything like that. Pharmaceutical, what's happening these days? It's all lies, man. Is what they're doing to us. One, I'm noticing to a lot of people, pe people that are pretty close to me too. I'll, uh, you know, have a discussion with them about really what's going on right now, and I hear them parrot the mainstream narrative verbatim, like, "Oh, you're against AOC." 
you know, and all of these people, all they're doing is lying to you so that they can get elected again for a second time. They, they never do anything for anyone. And anytime government gets involved in anything that involves anything of value or anything that affects our lives, what they do is they really screw it up and they basically siphon the money off to themselves. Because, like, tell me what the Department of Energy does. Energy is energy. What the hell do we need a Department of Energy for? I understand as far as oil drilling and all that stuff like that. Yeah, but there's just layers and layers of it. I, I hear this uh, uh, intergovernmental panel on climate change. And and really what, what illuminated in my head was this uh, Dr. Shivam's video, like I said. So there's a lot of layers to this, man. Okay? A lot, a lot of layers to this. And uh, like I said, this is just a modern day Ponzi scheme. And the only one that gets hurt at the end of the day is the regular work, the everyday working man. Because ultimately, as the costs of producing go up, it's only going to get passed down to the person purchasing. You know what I mean? Because these companies are not going to operate at a loss. And if they are operating at a loss, they're just going to export the work and do it someplace else. And again, what they're doing is they're smashing down the economy here in the United States of America and the first world countries so that we could all get homogenized down. All of the work is going to be done outside of the United States, Canada, and, and, and Europe. Europe is a basket case right now. It's a mess right now. And uh, there's really, I, I forget what the statistics are, but it's hard as far as unemployment and living standards and everything going on right now. I don't want to get too political with that. Yeah, we're going to listen to them clips. I want to get into a little bit as far as what I've been up to with the podcast, a little house, uh, housekeeping. Um, I'm getting a little bit more involved with the Instagram. I'm finding good results for it. It's what I call quick and dirty. You know, you get in there. You, I'll, I've been laying down these like five minute and seven minute clips on there. I did the the most recent one that I did was Frederick Nietzsche and the Ubermensch, uh, seven minutes. So if you go on there, you'll see it. It's pretty cool. And I did a call Join the Shadow, which I did an episode on. So I'm really getting more involved with the Instagram account, putting up, and I'm trying to put up video clips because, I mean, the picture's cool, but the videos, you know, of course, speaks a lot more. I'm going to get more involved. I Actually, I had an email today from a listener, and a very, very nice uh, feedback that I got from him. I, you know, made me feel great, you know, as far as what I'm doing and putting out in my efforts. It's nice to get, a, you know, a little little nice email. It, it, it kind of gives me more motivation. So he mentioned that uh, he wanted to uh, me to get into some other topics like uh, the Nag Hammadi uh, writings, which are, are Christian, Coptic Christian writings from, from Egypt. Really interesting. And uh, Sumadi, like that video that is put out. So I'm focusing right now on the podcast with I think relevant, and I'm not saying those are not relevant, they are, but relevant as far as what's going to impact our life right now. Um, that's why I've been kind of mixing the philosophy with some pertinent, like up-to-date topics that are taking place. But the, the reason for the philosophy is just to, to, to put us in the right mindset so that we can, you know, analyze what's happening right now and also stabilize ourselves within ourselves. Because if you're not stable from within yourself, then then you're just running around like uh, aimlessly with no no direction. So you have to, like Marcus Garvey said, uh, there's no way that um, you can get to where you need to go without knowing where you came from. Or technically, I think his quote was, the more a man learns about someone else's culture, the dumber he becomes on his own. And in this instance, the culture is actually yourself. What I'm trying to say is you have to learn about the self.
and, and the philosophy. So I'm, I'm really trying to build up the, the Instagram. And what I'm going to start doing, I'm going to try to do now is kind of supplement it with the YouTube and put some of the topics that I've been that I've been skipping over. Let's say like the Nag Hammadi, the Samadhi, uh, you know, the more spiritual stuff, put it on the YouTube. So this way the content is getting out there. And I also want to put all of my episodes. I'm up to episodes. This is 124. I want to have all my episodes on YouTube. So it keep, this stuff is keeping me busy. And the video editing is, is a little bit tricky. Um, just some inside stuff. That uh, that Ubermensch episode, the Ubermensch clip that I put on Instagram is that seven-minute clip. Just to make that thumbnail, it took me about 45 minutes to an hour to figure out. It wasn't easy. But I love a challenge, and I'm kind of, as I say, cracking the code on Instagram, figuring out how to use it and how to get the most impact out of it. So I'm getting some really good feedback on that, too. And I, my heart goes out to my listeners. I want to thank you so much because you're really the reason why I do this. A lot of the stuff I already know within myself, and I do the research anyway, but it's great to be in a position where I, I get you know affirmations and emails and people telling me, hey you know, likes on Instagram and stuff like that. It really, it, I, I really get a lot out of it. And I actually got a couple of funny and cool uh, responses when I write to people on Instagram where it's, I they made one on Diogenes and somebody gave me just a really hilarious feedback about a, a Diogenes. And we went back and forth with that. And it was pretty funny. Somebody in Asia somewhere. It was pretty cool. So yeah, man, it's really, really rewarding. This, this uh, carbon tax thing, man, I know, I might ruffle feathers or some people are saying, hey, you know what? I can't listen to him. He's a listen to me, man. Listen to this episode. Listen to what's going on and do some research. And what you're going to want to ask yourself is what are they going to do with this money? They're talking about dividends that they're going to send back to us. They ain't sending us no dividends. And even if they do send you a dividend, how's that going to remove the carbon from the air? What they need to do is try to find a way to, to operate more efficiently around the world because regardless of how efficient we are here and how clean we run here, China and and India specifically are putting like megatons of carbon into the atmosphere and uh, they're cutting deals with them so that they can continue to do that so they can basically crush this country. It's, it's, it's incredible, man. So I've went on with this. Uh, let's see, we're coming up on 15 minutes on this. So what I'm going to do again, I'm going to play the first clip, which is from Computing Forever. He's a YouTube content provider. I believe it's nine minutes long. And he gets into some, some, he has a sense of humor with it, but it, it's, he's speaking truth. Second clip is going to be Dr. Shivam Ayurandu, something like that. And uh, a professor or a, a doctorate from MIT running for a Senate in Massachusetts, running against Elizabeth Warren. So this guy's legit. He's up to date. And he also has his own YouTube channel, which has some pretty great content on it. And he's going to do the dry ink board. This, I'm going to probably put... Um, this one up on my Instagram so you can see this clip because it has a lot of impact and, and uh, you can get a lot out of it visually looking at it. So I recommend if you're listening to this podcast to go check it out on Instagram, the little clip that I'm going to put up for this. I should be doing that. So I'm kind of rambling here. Um, what I'm going to do is, like I said, put the two clips on. I'm going to put my outro out at the other end. I'm going to want to thank you for listening and, and stay tuned for the two clips that are coming up. Namaste. So I go on holidays for a week, and this happens at the UN. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school, on the other side of the ocean. Yes, you most definitely should be in school. So, 
Why aren't you? Also, the man-made climate change narrative is actually a massive scam. Yet, you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood. No, I don't think it was the UN who stole your childhood. After all, isn't it your parents who are encouraging you to do this activism? With your empty words, and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering, people are dying, entire ecosystems are collapsing. Citations needed on that one. Anyway, notice in this bit of melodramatic overacting, by the way, her father is an actor, you can see Greta kind of losing the emotion for a second in between sentences. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you! Well, this climate change alarmism sure did escalate fast. Recently, President Trump tweeted this sarcastic response to Greta's speech. She seems like a very happy young girl, looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see. And lots of people read about that because they consider Greta to be a hero now. Well, I'm going to move on to an article over on information liberation. Thunberg, who is on the autism spectrum, is the daughter of Swedish actor Svante Thunberg and his TV host wife, Malena Ernman. She clearly caught the acting bug from her parents. I really do feel sorry for this girl. Imagine being so misled by all of this climate change alarmism, being deceived into believing that the planet is dying, that you're filled with this level of anxiety and fear for the future. On Twitter, Henrik Palmgren of Red Ice said, On behalf of Swedes, I apologize for Greta Thunberg. She does not represent us. I disavow her climate alarmism. That's sucking kids into an apocalyptic cult. She's being used in a PR campaign called We Don't Have Time, started by Al Gore's business partner Ingmar Renshog. The Twitter account Wide Awake Q Army Swiss Division shared the following. Her handler. On the photos behind her, you see Louisa Marie Neubauer her handler. She's a member of One Foundation, managed by Bono, Bill Gates, and George Soros. Just a reminder of the One Foundation, because I did talk about them before. This is a clip from a video of One co-founder Jamie Drummond speaking to the Joint Committee on Foreign Affairs and Trade and Defence last year in Ireland. As Africa's population doubles, a lot of them, whatever the circumstances, will be coming to Europe. As economic migrants or as refugees, they will be coming many of them. And that is a good thing if they come in to a place that is, has an open mind um, and whose economies are doing well. Um, because we will be senile. We will be senescent demographically. We will need their useful energy to do stuff. Um, so it, that's just what the economic statistics tell you and the demographic data demands. You know, and demography is destiny. Europe and Africa are going to have a very close 21st century. We will apparently need their youthful energy to do stuff because we'll all be senile and senescent demographically and demography is destiny. Well, why aren't Western peoples in Western nations being encouraged to have more children? It's almost like there's some kind of population replacement agenda being pushed. Ah, Dave, come on. That's just a conspiracy theory and you know it. It's not like the UN has a website that has a page about replacement migration. Is it a solution to declining and aging populations? Oh crap, it does. <laughs> Weird. Well, apparently Greta Thunberg filed a suit against five countries for climate inaction without including China. 
That was an article over on redstate.com. I'll include that linked below in the description, along with all of the other sources. China, of course, being the world's biggest polluter. Interesting. Anyway, check this out. My name is Rosie Clemens Coe. I'm 11 years old. We are here because our parents trashed the planet, and it's up to our generation to save it. But my future is in jeopardy. All of our futures are in jeopardy. Baby boomers, all these people call us Generation Z, the last letter of the alphabet, because we are going to be the last generation to survive. We have only 11 years to rectify decades of damage that we have inflicted on our planet, and only 18 months until some damages are irreversible. And I am only 16 years old. I am here to speak for the trees. I'd like to acknowledge my privilege and my background. I am here for the people who are suffering and dying because of our country's decision. And we are not here to talk about our sacrifices and our doom and gloom and not existing. We are here to create. We do not have time to be polite. This is a revolution. We are creating this movement every day because every day of inaction drives more action from us. We have been polluting the earth for years and uh, we might actually die in a few years. Our world is already in flames. It's getting hotter, we can't breathe. And like so many people my age, I feel really visceral anxiety about climate change. It doesn't matter how much we're taxed if we don't have an earth to live on. Credit goes to Grabian for putting that montage together. I find this very disturbing. Young people who've been brainwashed into believing that they have no future so long as human climate change slash global warming continues. And so they're basically being used by leftists who want more political control and of course they also want to increase taxes. That's what all of this is ultimately about. Power. And the youth are incredibly impressionable and easy to manipulate, hence all of the climate change propaganda being brought into schools these days. I think the most important line I took away from that was the last one, with the girl saying that it doesn't matter how much we're taxed if we don't have a planet to live on. That's really what all of this ultimately boils down to, turning us all into impoverished, indebted, taxable units for the mega-wealthy globalists. Also, come back to me when you've actually worked quite a bit before you say something like, it doesn't matter how much we're taxed. Because being in the workforce for a few years, it's the fastest way to realize that taxation is pretty crippling and even demoralizing. Some might say it's even theft. The historical record makes it clear that people are often stupidly willing to sacrifice their freedom for security. But in this case, the argument is that we should sacrifice more of our financial freedom for our survival. Anyway, as Tucker Carlson points out, The point now is very different. The point now is political power. You gin up a crisis and you demand the population submits to your will or else. And as you do that, of course, you don't need to fight fair or acknowledge democracy or if you make a rational case for your position, you do whatever it takes. You'll even use children if it helps. When you use children to demand power, they become a kind of human shield. You can hide safely behind them. No one can criticize you. But who would do something that unscrupulous? Anyone who would do that is someone who would literally do anything 
to seize control. And so that's where I'm going to leave this video for now. But it's becoming very clear that the left is now throwing a massive global tantrum in their push for power. And so it seems fitting that they're appealing to children to lead their cause, I guess. But there is a very obvious acceleration happening right now in terms of their demands for action when it comes to climate change. And they're extremely intolerant of dissent in this regard. Climate policies and accords and green energy taxes, all this kind of stuff, they're being aggressively foisted upon nations through fear-mongering and intimidation. And the whole thing is very transparent, at least to some of us anyway. My concern is just how many people actually believe what they're being told and they don't realize that the climate change agenda is the biggest economic swindle of all time. It's nothing but a smokescreen to obtain power. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva, and I'm running for United States Senate against Elizabeth Warren in Massachusetts. Um, I want to share with you, as I promised, why it was right for President Trump to exit from the Paris Accords. The presentation I'm going to give you is a very objective one. Um, we need to recognize that many people who are supporting the Paris Accords, if you ask them, why should we have been in this, give me one benefit, no one can really give any benefit. In fact, I haven't had anyone rationally explain even one benefit. What I'm going to explain to you uh, very quickly here so everyone can understand in very simple ways is why it was important that Donald Trump got out of this why, and why it was essentially going to support an international collusion to basically support the polluting of our environment and more importantly to basically tax all of us, businesses, small businesses, big businesses, uh, primarily a lot of small businesses and every consumer here with a carbon tax. And it's a very simple uh, ex exposition of this and I hope I make it clear to you. And obviously if you have questions, we're periscoping, you're welcome to join us. First of all, let me explain something very basic here. So in this circle, let's consider the fact that we have a lot of businesses here. These are um, businesses throughout the world. And these businesses, you know, are producing different things. Um, and let's assume these are typically manufacturing businesses. You know, they take resources, raw materials, they process stuff, and out comes products um, from these businesses, which typically go to the consumer. You know, there are a lot of consumers here. This is, you know, you and me over here. And we buy these products and we pay this company some dollar amount. Now, many of these companies, because of the manufacturing process, do put out carbon and CO2 into the environment. Let's call that broadly, you know, pollution, okay? Pollution in the term of CO2, all right? So these are these greenhouse gases that they emit into the atmosphere. This is, let's call it before the Paris Accords. This is what's taking place. Again, businesses uh, take resources, they create products, we buy them and we pay some fee for them and these businesses have been polluting. Now, has anything changed um, uh, uh, post the Paris Accords? And let's use the date 2030 as this is supposed to be an important date per the Paris Accords. So what happens here? Here again, I'm gonna draw the same circle. We have the businesses and let's put the year now 2030. And what occurs in 2030? These businesses still exist, let's say. Again, these are the businesses and they are creating products, as I mentioned before, to us as consumers, same situation. This is again, you and me. And these uh, consumers pay some fee uh, for these products. And guess what? They're still polluting. 
and I'll give you some numbers on this. In fact, they're polluting a lot more, as we'll see. But something very interesting happens. For the pollution they do, they have to now pay an organization, which I'm going to call, in double quotes, the IPCC. Uh, and this group uh, is composed of people like Al Gore, you know, people like uh, the Bushes, uh, you know, many people from the commodities market, and essentially a global elite in here of uh, quote-unquote scientists. A dollar goes here, dollars go in, and these people deliver these people something called carbon credits. And what this allows these companies to do now is to pollute, but in order to pollute, they have to pay this organization a fee, and th this organization issues carbon credits. In fact, it gets even more interesting. These carbon credits, if you look at the commodities market, the global commodities market, market, are these carbon credits are bought and sold here on this commodities market to people. And this generates the ability for this group to generate trillions, not billions, let me explain, trillions of dollars in new source of wealth. So these carbon credits were created by this group as a vehicle to essentially charge polluters something, and this group has the potential to make trillions and trillions of dollars. So how did this all happen, and what was the Paris Accords? Well, the front end for this entire organization, by the way, Al Gore uh, substantially, at, at a certain point, monopolized, had had access to a large number of carbon credits, which he had accumulated, and his goal was to have a payday by forcing these businesses in the future, around post-2030, to buy these carbon credits. And if you actually look at this, the IPC's PR, I call it their PR machine, was what we call the Paris Accords. The Paris Accords was really their PR engine to get this out as though everyone needed to get on board. And what the US, if you look at the United States here, uh, you know, put the flag here, the US uh, was being forced by the IPCC, by the way, this included Democratic establishment Democrats and establishment Republicans who were essentially telling the US government that it needed to create what we call a green fund. And this green fund, and I'll explain what this was really about, uh, the US was gonna have to put 100 billion into this green fund. And what was this 100 billion for? Well remember, the countries who are polluting really didn't want to be part of this. They didn't really want to be part of the Paris Accords. Why? Because they have to pay fees to the IPCC. So how do you get them to be part of this? So if I do this over here, what I call the influencers of these countries, influencers of countries. So for example, if you take India, you know, China, and you go down the list of what they call about 190 plus countries, Remember, all these people have influencers, you know, so-called advisors. This $100 billion number was going to be funneled through different NGOs to essentially pay off, and in fact, people had already gotten agreements that if they joined the Paris Accords, that they're going to get dollars funneled to them. This is why uh, people were involved in this. In fact, uh, uh, some of the WikiLeaks stuff came out, J. Ram Ramesh, one of the key advisors in India. Originally, if you go look at it, he said that the glaciers were not receding, 
and later on it was stated that the glaciers were receding. And in, the, in a recent email in WikiLeaks, he was actually thanking John Podesta for making all of this occur. So you have to really start thinking about what took place. But fundamentally, Trump wanted to exit this because I think Trump realized what was really going on. And what was really going on is this. The mafia of the IPCC was using the United States instrument, our Congress, our tax dollars, to funnel about $100 billion here. So we would pay off these people to join the Paris Accords. Now, let me just tell you, 100 billion is a relatively small amount because these guys were going to make trillions. So let me, let me follow this through again so you get it. Businesses today are polluting. Just to give you an example, China today pollutes around 11 billion tons of carbon into the atmosphere. Carbon, 11 billion tons of carbon. That's what they're doing today. By 2030, do, between now and 2030, guess what? China is still allowed to pollute. In fact, China is allowed to go up to 22 billion tons, which means they're allowed to go 11 billion tons in carbon, which means they're going to pollute more. They're going to double their pollution during this period. No penalties. And that's how they got China to join. After 2030, there's going to be a big payday for these guys because they're going to be able to sell China carbon credits. I hope everyone's following. The bottom line is these set of 190, in many ways, uh, so-called influencers and advisors, many of them essentially are waiting for this $100 billion payday, supported the Paris Accords because they're going to be paid, and that's how they forced their country's, country's prime ministers and people to say, yeah, we got to join this Paris Accords. The reality is when you step back and look at this diagram, who really profits is the outlet who are going to make money on carbon credits as they fluctuate and, and rapidly grow in price post-2030. So a $100 billion payout to most of these corrupt officials, it's very well, well worth it for them because they're going to have a, a, a thousand percent, a hundred to thousand percent increase in profits. So fundamentally, uh, what Donald Trump did was he saw the scam, which is what it is. And fundamentally, what this does is makes liberal bourgeois feel good that they're part of the Paris Accords. In fact, the MIT president has said, you know, we have conclusive evidence that temperature has gone up. Let me just make it very clear that Hansen, the guy who came up with this temperature rating at NASA, you know, during uh, the 1950s to 1990, they used what they said was the average temperature, 1998, during that period, that's how they measured the average temperature, and they said the average temperature was 15 degrees Celsius. And they predicted in 1990, uh, around 1988, that temperature was going to go up. So again, in 1988, papers are starting to come out saying the average temperature measured between 1950 to 1980 is 15 degrees, and they're saying, you know, temperature is going to rise on the planet Earth. Well, what happens? By 1995, 1996, they find out the temperature actually, in fact, gone down a little bit. It was not going up. And somehow, mysteriously, around 2002, Hansen says, yes, the temperature has gone up. And how did he get it to go up? He got it to go up by saying that the average temperature is now 14 degrees. He actually changed the goalpost. Before it's 15, he said now it's 14, and he said we're measuring 14.64. So what they did was a complete lie, and in fact, this changing of the goalpost was done in an email. All of this is written in a beautiful article by Arvind Kumar, an American thinker called... Um, 14 is the new 15, or uh, 14 um, is the new 15, exactly. So you should go read it by Arvind Kumar, an American thinker. He lays it out very beautifully. But the bottom line is, there is no conclusive evidence that the temperature has gone up, if you look at the facts.
They're, this entire process really profits this group. The reality is China is going to continue to pollute 2x, 200% more. India also gets to pollute from 2 billion to 4 billion. In fact, we're going to drop our carbon emissions from 5 billion to 4 billion. So this entire process is really a big racket. So all of us, when I go back to this as a consumer, guess what? In the future, we're actually going to pay more for products. Businesses are going to be charged more. So businesses are paying taxes. Each consumer's product is going to go up. These guys up here uh, are the ones who are going to make money. So extremely good that Donald Trump pulled out of this. This was a patriotic thing to do. And we need to start really uh, exposing the mainstream media and the elite academics who are all actually behind this. Thank you. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really Great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.